And then Drama Centre was my last last one. That was my last crack. They sent me some classical bits and they said, learn one of these, learn a bit of Shakespeare and, and do a modern. So I, I turned up, there's a whole trestle table full of people and I'm, I'm absolutely bricking it right and I think this is my last crack at this. And they go, look, the, the principal's there and he says, lovely to meet you. Would you like to go up and just get yourself ready and in your own time, would you like to do your modern piece for us? And I did a bit from Look Back in Anger. So I've done that, which they've probably seen a zillion times. And they were all looking down at the table. No one was looking at me, so I was like, I'm not even going to... So So they said, thank you very much. Would you like to do your Shakespeare? So I did my Shakespeare, which went okay. I think think that was bottom from Midsummer Night's Dream. Thank you. Now, did you get the sheet of all the other... I said, yes, I did. Which piece did you... uh, the, the, The Rakeen? He said, Racine. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ra- <laughs> Racine. Racine, right. Would you like to perform that for us? And it was a character from, from a, a play by Racine. It was some French writer, a bit like Molière, that I'd never heard of. So I did it. And he said, would you care to come and join us for a second? So I pulled up the chair and I'm sat there looking at them all going... <laughs> What do you think that play is about? <laughs> I've heard it's about a bloke that falls in love with the Queen, um, but she—it's it's sort of unrequited. She doesn't fancy him, but she's too weak to let him go, and he sort of hangs about a bit too long. And he just looked at him and he said. Where do you think this scene that you've just done, where do you think that took place? And I, and I went, the palace. <laughs> he said, yes, I, I know it's the palace because it says that at the, at the beginning of the scene, it says in the little little italic writing, it says the palace, Andromar's palace. But where in the palace do you think this took place? <laughs> and then I remembered it said antechamber I said an antechamber he said what's an antechamber is it a room before you get to the other room is it a room before the chamber yes it's a room before the chamber what do you think that means what do you think an anti what does that mean to you in this scene um, I was clearly suffering. I, I, did, I didn't know, have a clue what he was talking about. He said, it's a waiting room. I said, is it? Yes. That's what it is. It's a room where you wait before you're admitted into the room to meet the person. It's a waiting room. So with that in mind, would you like to go and do that again? <laughs> shaking going I've got this totally wrong so I went up and I started doing waiting in the dentist room acting yeah, for, for all I'm worth went back, back down again what is it you think you have to offer British theatre and I said myself <laughs> I love it me he said 
and what do you mean by me? What do you, what is you? You tell me some. Anyway, chatted away. The students were helping out yeah. and said, well, thank you very much for your time. It's been very nice meeting you. Thank you. And off I went. And I came out and I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. And this lovely girl, I always remember she was in the year, you know, she's second year student, said, you did really well. You, you, you cope really well with them. You know they're buggers. You know that. This is a difficult place. They, they challenge you. This is what they do. This is what they get up to. And you cope really well. They said, you're joking. I didn't even know where the bloody play took place. They're having a little... They know what they're doing. They're having a little poke about. Do you know how you get on? You know, you've got to be able to put, you know, stand up for yourself. And that was that. Went home, back in the Morris Minor, back to Ramsey. Um, three weeks later, got the letter. In the morning, I was about to go to work, me and my mum and dad, and I'm jumping up in the air. They didn't have a clue. Wow. My dad, Irish, you know. What the bloody hell's going on with all that shouting? I said, I've got in. Got in where? I said, I've got in at drama school. I'm going to drama centre. And then he said, who's paying? <laughs> That's fantastic. So there we go. That's how I started. I know. It's, it's, uh, that's, that was actually what happened. And, um, but my story wouldn't be unique. Loads of people, you know, suddenly. Where it comes from is the interesting thing. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really know what I was doing, you know. But you're really unique. There's no one else like you. You know what I mean? Like, so certain actors have types, mm. you know. You're Tony O'Callaghan. That's what I love about it. Yeah. And maybe well, that's what they saw. Well, we've never seen anyone well, you, like you this. Well, you hope that that continues, that, that they see something, you know. But in a way, it's a massive pump. Yeah. You have no idea. I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. Did three years at drama school. And then basically spent the next ten years in theatre sort of doing reps all over the place. Uh, Keswick, I was there for six months. Cheltenham, Northampton, Worthing. Anything I could get, I did it. And that's quite tough because, you know, you can't have digs in London, just couldn't afford it. I had to give up the digs every time and sort of try and sleep on someone's floor when I came back. Start again. Did your folks see you on stage? They did. They, came, they saw me, never saw me at drama school. No, no. I sort of kept them away from that. I thought, I'll do my thing and I'll, I'll invite them. When I start, I'll invite them. And they came to Cheltenham. I did a few plays up there and they came. Yeah, my dad's a very typical Irish. He'd be very low-key. Right. He wouldn't go, he wouldn't be overboard. Mm. He'd go, oh, yeah, not too bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He'd be quite bad. But in their own way, they were very supportive, in, in, in a quiet way. You know, he didn't say, I thought he'd say it was complete lunacy, especially given his background. But he didn't. He obviously said, well, what can you do? It's what he wants to do. So, I mean, you just got to let him play it out. Bill came a long time, long time down the road. I was in my 30s. And you've done bits of telly, haven't you? Bit, yeah. Um, my first telly was Terry and June. Mm. That was a week's rehearsal. I only had a tiny part, I had two scenes playing Terry's chauffeur. He'd have a thing that was a lovely, he had a secretary in it and he was going out with the secretary or something like that. Two scenes, and it was um, recorded at a TV centre. Wow. I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Live audience. Live audience. Yeah, right. wow. June Whitfield came out before the show and did a, did a stint for the audience. 
she was absolutely brilliant. She was like a stand-up. She was incredible. Mm. That was my first first telly. I'm always fascinated by how you know you're you're performing in front of an audience who well, are right weird. there, but you're performing for the television. Well, you don't see camera, them. You know, when you're in a set stuck behind, right? The audience are there. You, you just hear them laughing. You get you can't see them. It's very odd. I remember the first scene. I had to open the door and the bloody door handle came off. <laughs> oh God! I thought, oh God, you know. And Terry Scott, he, he was okay. He was, he was very um, quite complicated character. Terry Scott, right? Really experienced comedic actor. Um, kept himself to himself. Right. And it's funny. I, I got a run of doing sort of sitcoms after that. I did one with um, Richard O'Sullivan. I got and he was similar. He was quite complicated, very quiet. Would, would sit in the room on his own and do his own thing. You know. They're a different breed, I think. Comics. It's interesting because quite a quite a lot of the actors from the Bill came from doing sitcom. Andy Paul had done a fair bit. John Iles had done a fair bit of sitcom. You know, Chris Chris Ellison had done some sitcoms. So yeah, really, I don't know. Well, of course, those were the. I think what what is that a numbers game? There were parts, you know. Yeah. Very difficult, man. Young actors, you know. The bill was fantastic. Yeah. What a training ground. Loads of parts. Yeah. Yeah, we had a chance. But now, casualty, Holby, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's the ongoing serials that have guest artists. Soaps, not so good because soaps tend to have the same people. Yes. You know, so Holby, unless you're a patient, it's the same people. Same with casualty to an extent. Um, but the bill was fantastic because there were loads of parts. Every week they needed. James McAvoy, you know, having his. Mm. You know, I didn't know. It was on um, Graham Norton. Norton. Yeah, at the back of my head, <laughs> basically. I was, he was only 16. He's done quite well, hasn't he? He certainly has. Um, next time I see him, I'll stop him. I'm the back of the head in your. Because he said, he said, oh, there was. I did a scene, he said, I was terrified. I kept saying the lines over and over in my head. And he said, but the sergeant was a really nice guy. So oh, I thought that was sweet. Yeah, there you go. That was sweet. Oh. Bless him. You had Alex Kingston as well. In That's right, Alex. We did a, a episode. She was quite a well-to-do prostitute. That's right. Yeah, That's and right. there's you and Alan Westaway. That's right. He, Alan, was lovely. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. Very funny. Yes. Yeah, he's. Um, he played the sort of rookie. And he's he's screenwriting now. He's started writing, he's writing telly. Yeah, a bit like yourself. He's yeah, he's doing amazing. He did Stanley's Lucky Man, and he's, oh, really? he's now developing a new series for Sky. He's still doing the occasional bit of acting, but he, you know he, he just branched out into yeah, the writing. writing clever, clever yeah. bloke. You you were surrounded by I think this era of the Bill. I've said this to you know when I've interviewed Lisa Gagan and Andy Paul like. That era had such longevity because you were all there together for like 10 years, you and Hugh and Sita, and it was just so, such a long... I mean, when I think of the bill, that's my lineup. That's what I grew up with watching you guys. I think it was a golden era, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I do. Absolutely. Well, my wife said... I mean, she was right excited because she knew how excited I was about coming to meet you, but she said, well, Boyden was the bridge, wasn't he, between classic bill and new bill. You know, you got both sides of it, didn't you? Because they gave you that incredible 
exit storyline. Oh God, that went on with. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I must admit, when I picked up that script, I thought, Oh, I'm not sure about this. This, have we stepped over the line here? But of course, we had stepped over the line, and there was a reason for that because I was on the way out. Yeah. But you kind of thought, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't secure. It was in character. But you know what? You have to. You have to give up all that shit when you when you're work, working in in what the bill had become was a soap basically yeah. by this stage. You, you, they they have to bend characters all sorts of ways. You have to kind of ease up on what you think. Oh, my character wouldn't do that way. Tough, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. Was it your decision to want to move on? No. Um, new producer came. Yeah. And he he wanted he had a massive clear up of the old faces, which is fair enough. That's his prerogative, you know. He wanted to freshen it up. I, I, I'm bound to say I thought it went too far, but yeah, well, a lot of the fans feel the same to this day, you know. Yeah, but then it, it's difficult from my perspective because people think, oh, it's sour grapes, but it's not. This is after all, all those years after. I'm not sour at all. I had a massive run. I didn't expect to be there for 12 years. I thought I'd be there for like a year, be good. So by the time he called me into the office, Paul Marquez, his name was. Yeah. He said, uh, would you like to... I didn't really know him. I didn't have any relationship with him at all. Into, you know, whereas Michael Chapman I knew really well, and Richard Hanford I knew, but I didn't know Paul. He said, would you like to step in? And I said, another one being ev- evicted from the house, is it? Because Big Brother was... A, and he didn't reply to that. He said, uh, we've decided to move Boyden into an area uh, of um, where... Um, it doesn't become tenable for him to stay any longer. So you're sacking me. <laughs> you know, yes, we are. Right. I said, okay. He said, but you've got a good story, though. I said, oh, well, brilliant. That's that's great. Yeah. I didn't nip out for a bag of pencils. No. You know, I said, oh, that's, fine. that's really good. And, you know, I'd, I'd had a good run, so I, I felt quite philosophical about it, actually. Had I known quite how difficult it was going to be after, I probably would have liked to have hung on a little, right. little more. But... No. Pretty quickly into family affairs, didn't you? See, yeah, I went into family affairs for a bit. I, I did okay, you know, but obviously, in the bill, you're in the bubble. You don't, you, yeah. you, until you actually get on with it outside, you don't realise quite how difficult it is. And you can't have everything. You can't have regular work for 12 years um, and then think that you're not going to be typecast. It's, it's that's that's the trade-off. You know. When you were in EastEnders, I mean, the publicity was bill-led, wasn't it? Of course. I'm interested, was that a straight offer for you to join EastEnders? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Because I still hear people, some of your contemporaries who have to audition, I just think that's nuts because yeah. surely, I mean, if I was in the business, I'd just be casting you guys in everything. I, 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 well, I see, I, I, with all due respect, I don't think the casting is rocket science. I think the character was supposed to be an ex-policeman. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's, who was in the bill? <laughs> what about... Oh, what's his name? Tony. What's, yeah, I'll get him in there. Yeah, but, and, um, yeah, no, it was nice. It was a nice little story. And we're still married, as far as I'm aware. Well, yeah. We never got divorced. No. So, uh, you know, you, you usually get killed off in there. That, that's that. So I'll probably be back to murder her or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God knows. Yeah. Don't <laughs> know. Describe a day in the life of making the bill from your perspective and, and who, who... Right, well, a day in the life was for me, because I lived and still live in Crouch End, which is completely the other side of London. Um, I didn't expect it to go on uh, as long as... It, I, you, you, you don't know, you just get a contract and they extend it, or they don't. So I, I carried on living in Crouch End. Um, 
So the journey to South Wimbledon, or Morden, um, I had to get up at quarter to six, left the house at quarter past six, I was at the studio at seven. First thing I could get through. If I left it any later than that, I, I was buggered with the traffic. Get there, straight to the dressing room, get changed, get tea, da -di da look at the lines, and then you're on at eight o'clock, you start. The people I suppose I was closest to it's just the people you work with a lot, like uh, Colin Tarrant, Jeff Stewart, I work with a lot, Lisa, I work with a lot, Andy, quite a bit, Hugh Higginson, I work with quite a bit, it, it was that lot. I, I never liked doing bits in CID, it, it, oh, I didn't get it up there, it was a funny old place, it was like a, it was like a boys school. <laughs> they were always pissing about, you know, and it was always always with me. It was four scenes, five scenes in CID on a Friday afternoon and you just wanted it to end. And they would, you know, they, they do, people like lovely, lovely Kevin Lloyd, you know, they go turning over, because it was taped in those days and to get up to speed, speed and action. And they go, you're standing there, <clears throat> trying to get your thing together. What, what's the line? Yeah. And I'd always have my lines in my back pocket. I go, speed, and Kevin would grab my balls. And I go, ow! Cut! What's going on? Constant, it was constant. Tom Butcher recalls on his first ever scene with Chris Ellison, he had a come in a handsome paper on Chris's desk. He said, here you go, Gov. And Chris Ellison turned around, he had his eyes closed with the words, fuck off. <laughs> and, and Tom kept in, in character and did the take. He went, welcome aboard, son. Tom, Tom Butcher and Graham Cole were in my, were the two um, police in my audition. Oh, really? When I auditioned wow. for Sergeant Boyden, oh. I had to learn two scenes. Right. And I was out in the backyard with it, and they were the two actors I auditioned oh, with. Yeah, Graham, lovely guy, yes. very, very warm, you know, but decent. Tom, quirky. Yes. Yeah. A little bit left field. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. He'd sort of mutter things, you know, just for it. Ooh, do 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 do. He'd sort of be muttering. He go, what? Not twenty. Ooh, there you go. Andrea Mason, who I saw last week, and she and she saw Tony O'Callaghan's the nicest man. She said, "Do you remember those adverts where he gave people a hug?" She said, "That's Tony." Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah, the Kleenex. Yeah, oh God. Right. Yeah. Oh, she, oh, she's lovely. She she came a bit later. That's right, Andrea. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, there was, there was, I mean, you know what, the turn of... I mean, it was quite ruthless there with characters. Mm. Michael Chapman was quite hard-nosed. If he didn't... I mean, Andrew did OK, but if he didn't think you were... Well, look what happened to me. If he didn't think you were working, you were out. You didn't get much time. You had to sort of make an impact or, or do something that he could see on screen. He, he didn't have a lot of patience. And some people... There was one lovely girl... Liz Crowther and she, she came in, she brilliant actress, had done loads, proper actress, Royal Shakespeare Company we're talking, all this stuff, you know, and she came and she said, I don't know how I'm going to get on here, and I said, you are absolutely fine, I said, you would have to shit on Michael Ch Chapman's desk to get the fucking sack, you are, she was gone six weeks later, 
And she still, ever I bumped it, she still reminds me of that. Yeah. You said I wasn't going to get the sack. I know. Steve Morley recalls that you were very supportive of him coming in doing like semi-regular stuff as the Oh, he was the sergeant. He yeah, used to come in and yeah. that's right. Yeah. He taught he taught in a girls' school. Or that's right. And still does. Does he? He was a head, head of drama. Yeah, Steve. He looked a bit like Mike Yarwood. Yeah, Steve, that's right. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. Very nice guy. You recall you were just great support because he had an episode where they, they made it quite big. And yeah. he recalls you were just great support and oh well that's really god that's sweet people yeah. to say that you know i, I suppose you, you go from that period of being the new boy to then being an established you know one yeah. of the leading men you know yeah. and, and so you i was very lucky though i i was lucky the way the character and it was all by chance it happened that the character turned the corner into something else yeah so i think the writers uh, i don't know if they found it easy to write for me but if they were stuck i think mm. They could always spin a Boyden thing, yeah. where he was some mate turned up that wasn't great, yeah. uh, so maybe a Ben Copper or so. So they could always eke a story out. I was lucky like that, and I think that's why I I, I think I lasted as long as I did. I think really, yeah. um, uh, and after a while you do become sort of integral. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, after about two or three years, you start to begin become part of the furniture, and then I suppose they think, well, no, we can't. Well, we get rid of him. Then, then what we're gonna, who's gonna do that part then? Yeah. We'd have to recreate something completely different, which I think Paul Marquez did. He changed the whole look of it. He changed the the the, the music. He changed the he re he wanted to recreate the whole thing, which is fair enough. But then you alienate part of the audience at the same time. You gain a new audience, I suppose. You, you're trying to get the young ones to, to come on board, but then you alienate the, the ones that oh, were yeah, loyal to it. I, I, I'm bound to say it, but I thought it was a golden era. It was a golden era, number one, because of the writing. They had top, top writers. Yeah. Writers that went on to do amazing stuff. Chris Russell, there were loads of yeah. top writers with amazing ideas, episodes where they'd come and a pensioner had been dead for weeks, you know, really atmospheric episodes with real feeling. They were, they were almost like little play for today's, you know, in, in their own right. Even though it was a quickly made thing on an evening at seven o'clock or whatever it was, half seven, you know, and, and it was boshed out, but it, it had a, a lot of integrity. And, and I have to say, good actors. Oh, yeah. They had some bloody good actors in it as well that had to deal with things quickly. It was a bit like doing radio, except it was in vision. It was quick. Yeah. You had to learn the lines quick. You had to learn the lines the night before. You were in, there were three episodes, especially the half hours, three episodes, and you, you could be in all three. Yeah. You know, they all had a different colour. Did Nigel explain? All yeah, the scripts, yeah, they were green, red, blue, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a... <laughs> I remember, you used to do location stuff there was a bus you used to get on the bus and you'd go to wherever you know filming say in a council estate up at the Elephant and Castle that horrible estate so you'd get on the bus and the assistants would knock on the door and you're on the red script and they said red script's leaving now Tony I went right 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 get your gear out you go with your scripts make sure and then you had scripts you were taken off that location by a car and taken to green you had to have all your scripts with you to go on to the next one so I got on the bus and there was a, a a massive hero of mine, Brian Glover. 
who was in Cares. He was he was at the National Theatre in Bill Bryden's company. You know, in the mystery play. I I loved him. I thought it was great, and I sort of nervously went up. So I'm really sorry to bother you, Brian. I'm, I'm a massive fan of yours. I love. I I, I really have enjoyed your performances. You know, he said oh, that's very good of you. Thanks very much. You know, that's very good. I said so. Are you, what are you doing? I'm I'm playing. Um, uh, a retired union rep in this uh, and uh, it comes out that he might be a, a paedophile or, or something but he's not I went oh right and I've suddenly thought that doesn't sound familiar oh fuck I've, I've got the wrong script and I'm talking to him and I'm going through my script going shit I said can I, can I just ask you Brian what colour is your script he said it's blue I said, Brian, you're on the wrong bus. Oh no! And we were we about 20 minutes away from from the bill. We'd gone. We were way up the road. I went, why? What bus is this? I said, this is the red red unit. It's the red bus. Oh, oh shit! I said, you go. So stop, stop the bus. So he stopped the bus, and then the assistant got off with him, and they had to get they got a cab back back to base, and he got on the right bus. Bless him. I know. But you know, it's quite confusing. Well, yeah. All these different units you at the same time. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, it was nice when we had uh, Leslie Phillips came, did an episode. He said to Lisa Cake, "Tell me, does anybody ever say to you, turn over, Miss Page?" Bless him, a legend. He was a legend. Morris Turnham, do you remember an actor oh, called Morris Turnham? Morris turned up. He, he was. He played that before he passed away. Bless him. Yeah. Was there a point when, when you started, when you suddenly thought, "Oh, here we go, I'm being recognised," and the, the fame? Not really. It, no. It, it, with me, I'm sure some people, because I, I was, I was a slow burner. It took quite a while for my character to get going. I didn't get recognised, and then about after after about two years it started, right. and that was a bit weird. Yeah. People, you know, you, you kind of get used to it, and, you, and you, you've you've got to just be polite, you know. But it can be a bit bit tricky sometimes, you know. Ben Payton recalls that people used to go, "It's Sergeant Bowden, it's Sergeant Bowden," and get the. Name. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He used to call me Bo- Bo- Bowden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless him. <laughs> He was a nice guy, a lovely guy. He's a lovely man. It wasn't his girlfriend in publicity. Sarah Jane, that's right. Yeah, married, yeah. Married with two kids. Oh wow! Yeah. I bumped into her actually in the West End. Yeah. Ben's a film critic now. He's got his own Is he? He's oh, he, he was a nice guy. Yeah. Is there a a dream project for you, or or something, you, a show you'd love to be in? Or, or I'd like to work back in Ireland. I did a I did a stint um, in the soap over there. Uh, Fair, Fair City. City. I was in it for about three priest. months. I was an English priest, yeah. right? Whatever. Um, <laughs> not sure how that came about. But anyway, I played a priest, and I, I, I enjoyed. But I, I would like, I would like to work in Ireland. I'd like to see. Well, you know, we've been talking, maybe that we'd actually set up shop there. You know, well, we'll see how how things go with what's going on. You know, in this country, I don't know. I'm beginning to lose heart, um, and maybe uh, it'd be nice to have the opportunity to do that maybe a bit of theatre or something like that but no I've always taken I've, I've met loads of actors that had loads of plans and I always think it's nice to have plans because it keeps you forward thinking but the reality 
and the actuality of it all is you're like a bottle that's wandering about on the sea and you just get turfed up on the desert island of work and then the waves whip you off again and off you go again so I haven't got a clue what I'm doing half the time I've no idea but I quite like it that way you know uh, my wife she's got proper jobs she works for Ofsted Siobhan yeah um, I remember when I first met her she didn't have a clue who I was never watched the bill I've been in it a year Right. And she, the only thing she ever watched was Brookside, and um, uh, she's a massive fan of Holby, but that came later. Didn't have a clue. And I remember she, she, I said, well, I'm on an episode tonight. And she watched, she said, I didn't recognise you. Did, did, I, well, I was looking for you, and I, I, I still didn't think, I said, well, I'm, I was there. Yeah. I was stuck behind a desk, <laughs> you know, being surly. <laughs> yeah. Was there a, a period when... I always imagine, especially if you've played someone for 12 years, you know, you, you, I don't know, some some actors I've spoke to refer to that person almost as a real person. Like, you know, yeah. was it hard when he did get... Because you got... I think you have the rare distinction of being killed twice because you filmed your death scene twice. No, they used... They, the MIT came out of Thames, didn't it? Yeah. Or, or, or whatever it was called then. Mm. Freeman. I don't know what they were called. Oh, yeah. um, whoever they were. Yeah. Um, all they used, they used the footage. Oh, right. Because it came out. And they just used, reused the footage. Right. That was filmed in uh, Brixton Market. And obviously everybody was, it was full on. I think it was done on a Saturday. Right. <clears throat> really busy. And all the bystanders are, the, are just people. Wow. Just yeah, they're walking around. and. I mean, back, yeah, with them, there's no, like... Twitter and all that, because that, that would yeah. be spoilers now, wouldn't it? People yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, now everybody knows who's who's leaving, who, all the digital spy and all that. They all know everything. They all know everything. They know. They 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 must get the info. I remember you were on the front cover of all the. You know, you have the TV Times and all the different magazines on the front on that week. It was a bit mad that time. It was a bit. You know, everybody wanted sort of interviews. I, I. You see, it's funny because you don't realise you live in a little bubble in the bill. You don't. You don't think of yourself as in any way famous or, you know, you just, just, it's like a factory. You just got up, did your bit, went home, never went to fancy restaurants or anything like that. Um, just, you know, it was just like, it's like a proper job. Yeah. And you just keep your head down. It's quite, quite a gruelling schedule. Mm. Uh, the weekends were taken up with looking at the scripts for the next, next week. And that was it. It was a conveyor belt. Mm. You just got on with it. So it was, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. It was a bit of a shock when people started to recognise you. And I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's a bit frivolous, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's all a bit daft. Isn't it? <laughs> was it sad to be killed? No, no. I thought it was the best way to go. Yeah. I did, and you're not constantly thinking, oh, maybe I'll come back. And no, it, it's done. You know, I, I must. I thought maybe three or four years previously, I. I'd been through the cycle. I'd, yeah. I, I was really repeating scripts that had already been done. I had that feeling. But you know what? You think to yourself, this bottle ain't going to come on this desert island again like this. You just go with it, yeah. you know. And and don't worry about typecasting. The damage is done, you know. Just just go with the flow. And when it ends, it ends. And that's exactly what happened. But I was very lucky. I had a really good story. I think to go out on. I think it was. It, at times, it was quite powerful. Um, and a lovely girl, Georgia Moffat. Lovely, lovely girl. David Tennant, I bumped into her and David Tennant in Budgeons. Crouch in. He'd just done Hamlet. I hadn't seen Georgia since we did the bill. I went, hello, mate. She made, she, 
made a lovely mug for me. You know, you know, she had a little baby. I don't know how she was, uh, the baby, when she did the bill. But she used to take it to these places where you can make china and stuff for the kids. And she made this lovely blue mug with the police logo, the bill, and, and a whole little inscription about Sergeant Boyden. But a really nice thing when she left. But I remember her, her mum, American actress, Sandra Dickinson. I hope you're looking after my daughter. I said, oh yeah, yeah. Well, actually, she's looking after me. There was a scene in the back of a car. Oh, yes. We're supposed to have been shagging or something. Yeah. And I said, to, there's me. I don't know how old I was. I said, you know, I've got, this is ludicrous. It's like shagging your granddad here. <laughs> I, th I just think this is daft, Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. She said, oh, no, I don't think. She was so nice. I don't think that. You, you, you don't. I said, oh, get out of it. Look at my age. It's bloody daft. I said, but we got to do it. This is us waiting to film. Right. Sitting in the car chatting. I said, we got to do it, you know. And I don't, that was the first scene I did with her. Right. You know, they do it all arse about face, you know, right. out of sequence. I hadn't met her yet in the story. We were sent to a school and she was in the school. That's and, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. with her buttons undone and all that. Yeah. And I, we hadn't done that. So we're in the back of this. I said, "What is it?" I said, "Let's do the lines." So we did the lines for the scene. So this is obviously after they, they've just finished. They can't show it because it's eight o'clock at night. So we've just finished shagging, right? So how, how are we going to do that then? She said, "Oh, I was, I was a little bit nervous, you know, because uh, I didn't want to come across as, you know, lecturous actor or with a lovely, pretty young lady. I didn't, you know, I felt a bit." She said, oh no, we, I, I know exactly how we're going to do it. You're going to sit on the back seat there and I'll get the camera there and I'm going to uh, lie on top of you. And I went, ah, oh, that, that, that would be right then. So when the cameraman, the director came, hello gang, sorry about the delay. Um, can we, should we crack on? Um, I, I, and I said, oh, George has got it sussed. Oh, right, well, what are we doing? Uh, this is the director. I said, I'm, I'm going to uh, be sitting on the back seat. She said, and he said, that's a brilliant idea. Okay, let's get the camera in. So I'm on the back seat. She's astride of me on the thing. So I said, so I suppose we ought to be making some noises. I said, is it, is it directly after? He said, well, sort of. It's like, what I'm going to do is, it's a, uh, you know, and then she'll come off you because we, we need to get into the tour. I said, oh, right. So we'll do a bit of noise. We'll do, <laughs> do this noise idea. Uh, uh, should we do a bit of that? He said, yeah, we'll give it a go. <laughs> So George is doing it, I go, uh, uh, and then he said, well, make it like five seconds, and then jump, you, you go, and it's all done like that, like numbers, you know. Lovely girl, though, really, really good fun. Funny way to make a living, eh? Funny way to make a living, shagging your granddad. Yeah. <laughs> slightly embarrassed, I was slightly embarrassed about the whole thing, you know, but but hey, there you go, it's, it's, it's script's a script, it's gone there, you know. Well, all the fans will be absolutely chuffed that you've done this. And, and oh, listen, it's my pleasure. I hope you've got enough there oh, to, 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 to cut into something. Oh, it'd be brilliant. And something yeah. that people like to do is support a charity of the interviewee's choice. So is there something that means something to you? And I can put a link on this when this goes live. I suppose the one I, I'm, I, I used to be involved with the Teenage Cancer Trust, which is a fantastic organisation, which have special wards for teenagers that you know the doctors don't wear white coats that you know they try and make it accessible and that's a brilliant but i think the one because of what my wife does because she's offstage but the one that i think is nspcc right that's the one that i i like to support i support them all yeah 
I give so much money to every charity. I'm trying to cut them down if I'm to be absolutely honest. But I think the NSPCC is the one closest to my heart. So Next year, it's 10 years since the bill finished. Oh. Do you think it should come back? And if so, how could it come back in this era of wow. Boris and his 20,000 police officers? I would love it to come back. I would absolutely love it. And I think why I would love it to come back is because, not, not anything to do with me, clearly, is because I think it was such a, a brilliant vehicle for lots and lots of young actors where they need screen time and they need something like the bill where they can even play a small bit in, in it and then come back and do another small bit and, and get some experience. The reality of bringing it back, I think would be difficult. Would they have to repackage it in such a way that it couldn't be called the bill anymore? Would it have to be something called something else? Would, would you know, because there's a whole genera- new generation out there that yeah. didn't know it. Um, I think it would be difficult. I'd love to see it again. There's a market for it. Oh, yeah. The trouble is, though, the, the, the wonderful thing that the bill did was they did this fly-on-the-wall kind of drama, this feel uh, to it. And it's there that, unfortunately, the fly-on-the-wall's all over the place. The real fly-on-the-wall. Yeah. yeah. So, in, the, in a way, the market's been taken up. I don't know how they'd, how they'd redo it. It's possible that there's been, there's been talk of it. Yeah. I've I've heard rumour. I think was it Channel Five were thinking about it. Or like recently, the Radio Times did a poll on the most wanted TV comebacks. The bill came second out of all television shows. A foil's war. Oh right. Well, that's a very different kettle of fish. That's a fancy drama with money spent. Yeah. You're talking a different animal altogether. Yeah. The the bill was made quickly, cheaply. You know, I mean, different thing. Um, interesting. I, you know, I suppose if there's enough people out there that remember it, but then would they be disappointed? Because it's not what they. It's like, it's a bit like meeting an old girlfriend or boyfriend. You know, you're excited about meeting them, but you've changed. The two of you have moved on. You're not what you were. It's a bit like that. That's the analogy I would give to the bill. Things have moved on to such a degree. Would would people be disappointed? I don't know. It, listen, it, it could happen if, if, if there's enough, you know, will for it yeah. and people think that it's a goer. The there isn't a police series like it. No, yeah, nothing's filled. I mean, you've got line of duty for six weeks a year, which is all about the corrupt. That's a different animal, though. Yes. Uh, and then that's all uh, higher level. But it's not, it's not to do with the plods. No. Um, no, slightly different thing. Yeah, we should um, get you in line of duty. Line of duty. Oh, well, there we go. Here we go. Aging copper, retired copper. Mm, might be something. Never know. Well, everyone will be absolutely chuffed to have heard, and I'm sincerely. I mean, you're a legend. Oh, a legend. In his own lunchtime. You're brilliant. Thank you for doing this. My pleasure. Legend. Thank you. Hello, this is Ben Payton, and you have been listening to the Bill Podcast. With special thanks to Tony O'Callaghan, produced and presented by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Paul Dunn, James Ladane and Alex Mockler. Executive produced by Joseph Beaver, Christopher Booth, Daniel Christopher, Luke Hegarty, Benjamin Hughes, Robert Jennings, Edward Kellett, Stuart and Jen Morris, Justin Pitt, Tom Sherrington and Patrick Stratford. Brought to you in association with Misty Moon Events. Now after listening to Oliver's excellent podcasts, why don't you check out my film review website for yourfilmsonly.com. You know you want to.